everyone, and welcome to the seventh edition of the Yusef Shaheen uh, the, podcast. The ever-expanding Yusef Shaheen podcast, because this is another bonus episode. Yes, <laughs> it's getting bigger and better and greater, and we're not just relying on the monolith that is Netflix. <laughs> uh, uh, Richard, with his incredible research skills, have been finding all kinds of uh, films uh, elsewhere. The latest one from a French website. What, what was it called? So it's the it's, it's actually run by the Cinémathèque Française. It's called right. Henri, Francaise, Henri, named after Henri uh, Langlois. Langlois. Yeah. yeah, so this is a, they, they for a limited time, while, while they're closed, have a platform where they are putting uh, rare films online for free. Um, they're available till the 15th of July, which is the day that they reopen. So the, this film is available for free online until the 15th of July. Um, it's the only downside. Um, so about another week, you can watch Shaheen's extremely rare um, type film about the Nile, which has a number of different titles, which we'll, we'll come to. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, the only downside is it only has French subtitles. So, um, but... Yeah, so it's for the French speakers amongst you only. We don't care because we can understand it. And it's such a rare find. It's, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's visually absolutely stunning. I, I mean, my, my French, I, I do uh, sort of speak a little bit of French and I can read French um, to an extent. So it, I, I got it's visually so amazing. You get the gist of what's going on. Uh, I, I have yes. actually watched it twice now in the last two days. That's how good it is. Yeah, really? I watched it again tonight because that sort of helped with not not quite grasping what was happening in some scenes because of the subtitles. And watching it again gave me a bit of a better chance to to di digest it. Plus, I actually had a couple of drinks before I started watching it last night because I only found out about wow. I only found out about ten p.m. that it was available. So oh, I'm going to watch it right now. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> It's amazing, and this is also the second time I've seen it, but I saw it first in Bologna last year, mm. where they actually screened this same version. Uh, because we have to specify, this is a film with a really fraught uh, production history. Uh, so people might not know, but um, the film fits into this really fascinating history, which is around the building of the Aswan Dam. And actually... Uh, the United States lobbied the World Bank to, prev to, to, to prevent Egypt getting the loans that it desired to build it. And as a result, uh, Egypt affiliated itself with the Soviet Union. So this is actually an Egyptian-Soviet co-production uh, made in 70 millimeter and in cinemascope. And because it was a film that two governments were involved, it was also highly bureaucratic. Uh, the production started. There was so much interference that Jaheen dropped the project and went to Lebanon. Yeah, then uh, 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 the president uh, called him personally to ask him to return uh, to the project and gave him... Uh, uh, told everyone that uh, you know to respect his wishes and give him all that he needed to make the film. Then the film was made. It was started before the Seven Day War with Israel. Uh, it was finished after they lost the war and lost all the territory. 
that went along with it. Uh, and uh, there was, uh, it was released in 1968. And then there was so much dissatisfaction with it uh, from all quarters that Shaheen, in the spirit of uh, diplomacy, I now wanting to ruin Soviet Egyptian relations, reshot the Egyptian portions with a whole other cast and to his great dissatisfaction. And that version was released in 1972. Mm. So the one we're talking about is the director's cut. It's the film that he cut and deposited at the Cinémathèque Française, uh, which is based on the first version that he shot. Because mm. I, I... And it really... I was going to say, I, I don't think it was actually released. This, this was never released in 68. It was sort of screened in 68 to the government backers and both governments rejected it, is my understanding. Ah, right, okay, because that's not... Though, you know, I have two books on uh, Shaheen, The Arab National Project and Youssef Shaheen Cinema by Malik Khoury <laughs> and Youssef Shaheen by Ibrahim Fawal. And that's not quite the story that they recount. So I... They recount that it was... I mean, you know, it was rejected. It was very unsatisfactory to both, but it was actually screened initially. Yeah. I, I'm just going uh, on what uh, he said. There's an interview with him, uh, which is uh, quoted on, on a blog we can link to, that where he, he says it was... Uh, it, it was rejected by both sides. The result was that they put this film on the shelf and asked me to shoot a new film. Um, so he used like the documentary scenes... Um, and he used the scenes with just the Russian actors and then uh, added it to the, to the film with the new, new edition well, cast. My, my, understanding is, my understanding is that what you're saying is true, except for the fact that it was right. also released yeah. in 1968 in very few cinemas. Yeah. Uh, because the problem was that very few cinemas in Egypt were equipped to show 1970mm anyway, <laughs> mm. right? So, so that it had a very brief release with very bad reviews. Uh, uh, and that's why if you look on IMDb or other places, you'll see that some of them list 1968 as the release date and some of them list 1972. And in fact, there are two different films. Yeah, and, and this, so this version... Um, which, which, as you say, is a is an original. Well, is from an original print of his original version, uh, which was supposedly smuggled. He smuggled it to France in the diplomatic bag somehow, and it, it got to the got to the Cinémathèque Française, where it stayed for. Uh, it was it was thought to be lost. This version. Um, it was thought to be lost. Uh, my understanding, again, this is from Fawal's book, that until as late as 1999. Mm. Uh, the film was not registered uh, with the Egyptian uh, archives. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so he says in in this interview he talks about um, it being the yeah you know, the, the the copy being rediscovered in the nineteen nineties. Um, he said, it, um, and I was very happy not only to see the film out but also because of the wonderful reception it had in Paris. I couldn't believe my yes. eyes when I entered the cinema at the opening ceremony and found it packed. I thought the audience would not exceed two or three people. <laughs> um, yes. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's, it it's really is an incredible film. I think we, bo we both 
I think talking to you earlier, we, we both kind of think this is the best one. We, I mean, I know we say this every every time, but this is the best one we've seen so far, I think. We have. I mean, you know, what this film does is so extraordinary. It's so amazing. And I'll get on to that in a moment, but I first just want to quote this uh, um, uh, 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 Fawal quote, uh, because... So he says, as late as 1999, the film was still not acknowledged in the records of the Egyptian Chamber of Cinema. Mm. Yeah, so that's very recent. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that's kind of, you know, this film was not acknowledged. So I think it's a masterpiece, and I think it's 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 a highly unusual film. Yeah. It's incredibly beautiful to look at. Uh, you know, with some of the most complex and interesting storytelling that I've seen in a kind of a mainstream mm. narrative film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is what this which is. Which is one of the reasons why I watched I mean, it twice, because it's so, um, the structure of it is so tricky. I mean, it's very, once, yes. you, if you, once you concentrate, it's, it's really clear, but it's a very, very unusual film in the way it's structured. Yes. It shows extraordinary things. So, I mean, uh, basically, there's a whole set of stories. They're not linked. Yeah, so it's not... You know, one mm. of those films where the characters all meet in the lobby they, of the Grand Hotel. Yeah, they sort of, some of them cross each other a little bit. I and mean, it's a bit like Shortcuts, maybe, the Altman film, where they kind of, mm. you'll, there'll be, so you the, the, occasionally one one character from one of these stories will just pop up in a scene with one of the other characters. But it's but there, there's no, yeah, as you say, they, they don't really know what's going on in each other's stories. In fact, there's one bit explicitly where, where a character says, what was that guy talking about? It's like, oh, nothing important. But actually, it is really important yes. to that character, you know. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's amazingly um, contemporaneous in its sensibility. There's a, there's a Soviet engineer called Nikolai uh, who's married uh, to also this engineer, but basically because of the gender situation in Egypt, she can't get a job there. So, you know, she's left her, um, you know, uh, high-status job in the Soviet Union to go with her husband, and all of a sudden she's mm. just a housewife and she's bored and she can't stand it. And the film has this incredible contemporary feminist rendering of this woman's situation. Yeah, that I, yeah. I, just I, thought, I thought it was brilliant. And, and actually, I found it quite... I found that aspect of it really interesting because there's actually two the the well, should we like do we want to describe the plot a bit to set the scene? Yeah, well, you, you so, okay. you've seen it twice. So basically, recently. they build a dam. <laughs> there you go. That's the plot. So yes. so so the Aswan Dam is being being constructed. It's a 30 year massive engineering project. Um, it's a you know collaboration between Egypt and, and the Soviet Union, and essentially what we see are these multiple parallel stories. Each of them pretty much has a, they tend to have like mirrored characters. There'll be a, a Soviet character and, a, and a, an Egyptian character who mm. kind of mirror each other in these stories. And they have various relationships. So that there, there's a, you know, there, there's a, a couple of romances. Uh, there's what seems to be quite quite a, 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 a almost a gay romance going on, although it's, it's clearly coded that way, I think. I don't think it's almost. No, uh, I think. yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll come to that, but that, that's fascinating. And they're, they're they're all at different statuses. So there's a the first couple we meet, the, the, the Egyptian and Soviet couple are they're kind of like sort of 
manual worker level people. Then we meet these two engineers who are kind of managers. Then we meet these two sort of senior managers. Um, and you, you see the parallels at each level. Um, and then you see the the, you know, the, 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 the the problems each have got. And they're all quite, and it's kind of all, all of these stories are actually quite um, small scale, but within the context of this massive project. So it's sort of, will the, the, the worker level um, Russian guy, will he have to go back to the Soviet Union at the end of his contract? Will the the wife of the middle ranking engineer who can't get a job in Egypt, will she just go home or will she stay? Uh, will the daughter of the, um, uh, the the senior level engineer will 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 he get will will she get married to this other character? So it's all those kinds of stories within the context of this really big picture, um, and yeah, it's it's but done in this amazingly visual way. But I actually found it what I found really interesting about it is because in my my um, uh, my day job, I've actually been involved in a, a kind of international collaborative engineering project, um, and the, all these issues around different. Um, statuses and different and some people being able to come over with their families because they're that level and other people not being able to come over with their families it's that that still applies and the people with you know so the people without their families have problems because they're on their own the people with their families the problem is you know if you move over with your wife or your husband or partner or whatever what do they do they've, they've given up their job to relocate they can't necessarily get, get a job locally and and these are these are still big issues is that the um um, there was some comment uh, when we were looking at like relocation and you know, international secondments that the biggest reason why international secondments fail is because the partner or the family of the person that's seconded is not happy with the situation. And so actually, as the employer, it's um, cost effective to spend some time working out, making sure that the partner is going to have something to do rather than just making them sit on a deck chair knitting, which is what happens in this film. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I, found, I found that really interesting because I, it was sort of, that was so relatable and that that still happens. That, that, that was, because mm -hmm. it may have been that she, could, that she couldn't get the job because of, it was in Egypt, or it may just be that it hadn't occurred to the husband this would be an issue and oh, she'll, surely she'll be happy being in Alexandria, you know, but, or Cairo, or wherever mm -hmm. they were. But yeah, it was fa a fascinating film. And the way it's... Uh, well, I was, you go ahead. I was going to talk about its structure. Yeah, so, so yeah, the, the structure of it is, is absolutely fascinating because it, it, it's very nonlinear. There's all these flashbacks, which are the, the, the editing between the flashbacks is, 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 is just uh, amazing. Um, Beautiful. They, yeah. you know, so the, fir the first sequence, the, the two workers, the Egyptian and the uh, Russian worker, kind of meet each other by sort of uh, one rescues the other from drowning and it's <laughs> quite slowly they <laughs> and they have this half hour flashback sequence while they're all thrash they're both thrashing about in the water together and so they, they that this flashes back to their lives being in parallel so you know one's mm. could be his mother you know the the egyptian mother is calling for her son and the russian mother's calling for her son and they follow this through um then you then you that goes on for the first half hour and and, and then you you get into the scenes with the the sort of mid-ranking engineers. And again, you get these flashbacks. Um, the, the, I mean, one amazing transition is where it goes from the, this is one of the scenes I captured, was the, the, the sort of Russian couple, sorry, the Egyptian couple sitting in rural tranquility by the river. And there's just this really abrupt cut to a sort of Russian discotheque scene um, and modernity. And this is all happening at the same time. Um, there's 
amazing transitions back because the story goes as far back as World War Two, or even further back, mm. in fact, because because at one point the the the, the, the sort of director level engineer, Russian engineer, meets the meets the rural guy, from, Egyptian guy from the first story, and then he it reminds him of his childhood, and he suddenly has a flashback to you know pre-revolutionary rural feudal Russia, and so it's just such a wide-ranging film, um, and the most amazing edit to me was the bit where the um, the the sort of middle-ranking engineer is in his apartments and suddenly flashes back to being in the siege of uh, the Battle of Stalingrad, and yeah. so he's he's standing at his window in the in the apartments and he hears a noise and you see a bullet like whizzes off the window, whizzes off the shutter, which isn't that bullet is him remembering the Battle of Stalingrad and that yeah. that immediately cuts to the same actor but it's 20 years earlier and he's standing at another window in Stalingrad and whizzes round. It's just an, a, a, astonishing, really. I mean, what the film is incredibly successful at is in tying in all of these national aspirations, mm. these huge social movements, these political eras into individual stories of that are carried by feeling of people's individual people's hopes and aspirations yeah. and wishes, right? And it does so in a parallel sense, so that actually emotionally the desires and wishes of the Egyptians are no different than the desires and the wishes, you know, of the of the Soviets. I think that, that's, that's yeah. it. It's sort of showing these, these parallels so strongly and, and that the, you know, and that it ever, it's sort of showing that the between the two cultures it's the same, but also it's showing that between the... the these different levels, status levels, actually, they all have the same issues, really. They all want the same things. Um, yes. And it, it's, yeah. So it's tying the personal to the political in a very moving, emotionally accessible way, even though the analysis proffered of these social, you know, massive social movements and historical changes and so on are done kind of at an abstract theoretical level that is almost like a thesis or something, mm. yeah? So, you know, and the two things operate kind of so... Be I've n I don't think I've ever seen it done better, right? Where you you are in, enticed by this and respond to and identify with these moments of individual feeling. Yeah. yeah but that actually you're also made aware you know, that, that this this particular historical moment and this particular social movement, and it's never clear-cut. So, you know, I mean, um, I think, you know, when I went to see the film with a friend, with Nikki, <laughs> she was saying, oh, this is going to be one of those five-year plan yeah. movies. <laughs> About the growing of wheat mm. or, the, you know, building cement. And, of course, it is like that, but it's not at all like no, that. No, exa exactly, yeah. I, and... Because uh, again, like all of his films, like, like we were saying about um, about the land, you know, you, you describe this film to somebody. Yeah, it's a it's an Egyptian Soviet um, co-production about the about workers' struggles during the building of the Aswan Dam, and it's like, okay, that's going to be really, really not for me. But, but yeah. no, it's I mean, it it, it is incredible. It looks incredible. I mean, it, as I say, even if you. Even if you don't speak French and you won't understand the subtitles, just watch some of this film. And even the, open, the opening sequence with the camels riding across the dunes oh. and sunsets—it's just absolutely beautiful. And just look, just looks amazing. 
Um, and I, so yeah. I just started, I mean, the, last night so it was um, sort of 10 o'clock and I just noticed on Twitter that this was available. So, okay, right, I'm going to have a look. I just started watching and was just so drawn into it um, that, that it, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Yeah. I, I think even the documentary footage is, is amazing. I mean, if you haven't seen the explosions that led to the filling of the Aswan Dam, I mean, the footage is extraordinary. Mm. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, and it's shown twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so there's that. But also, as, as always with Shaheen, there's this incredibly beautiful mise-en-scene where what you get is the large movements of people, usually with an individual in the middle of it. And you always get that. And actually, you can tell that it was shot in 70 millimeter mm. on widescreen. I mean, a simple scene where, uh, uh, I forget, Alexei, yeah, the Soviet worker, you know, where he gets called to talk to the boss and he's got to walk through all of these iron mm. rods coming out of the floor, right? And you actually see how dangerous and how careful, yeah? And he's, um, he's surrounded by other workers doing the exact same thing, including the man that we later find out he's in love with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, which is, it's just gobsmacking. So two things that I want to point out about this. So first, that... Uh, Shaheen is a subtle analyst and an emotional thinker. So, you know, this is not just a film to the glory that was the Aswan Dam. I mean, the benefits of the Aswan Dam, you know, in terms of electricity and money and, you know, so on, are absolutely recognized. But also he shows you all these villages being dispossessed, mm. right, of people having to... To, to pack up and move and leave their homelands. I mean, he's saying, you know, one of them even says, oh, we're leaving our ancestors behind. Yeah, and, the, right? and this like, is one of the things, I mean, this is one of the, thing that, one of the things that the Egyptian government objected to was, was, was those scenes. Um, mm. and, and also to the, um, some quite, tr what seemed quite trivial stuff. There's a, there's a scene where an Egyptian engineer is walking behind a Soviet engineer. And the yes. Egyptians said, well, that shows that that implies it was a lower status, but probably, no, it was just a nice shot, you know. But anyway, carry yes. on about the, about the romance, because this is the... <laughs> um, and, the, and the other thing is, you know, that in this Muslim, now very homophobic country, and maybe then, obviously, as well, you know, there is nonetheless... Uh, you know, a queer romance is not a way of putting it. And it's kind of you know, shown in a complicated way. Mm. So Barak, who is the young... I understand that Nubian is a tribe. It's, yeah, it's mm. it's not, you know, like in Nubian slave yeah. terminology. It's not like the stereotype. It actually is a, is a place mm. and the people. So, um, you know, he has this romance with this girl uh, and, you know, he carves their names in a rock and says, you know, that we will never be forgotten and so on. But then when he goes into the city... Yeah, it's clear that something more than a friendship develops. Yeah, between I mean, them. it starts off this lengthy sequence because I mean, for a start, there's this this bit where they want to be he, him and his friends all want to be the last pe person that's swum in this water before the mm. before the dam's built, and it's quite it's obviously quite dangerous because the dam's about to be built. But there's this lengthy sequence where they yeah they the the these these young guys just in sort of. Um, so swimming trunks, well, not swimming trunks, but whatever they're wearing, you know, and it lingers, mm -hmm. as, as usual, with Shaheen, it kind of lingers on that. 
Um, but then he, so he dives in, and and the Russian guy who doesn't know him at this point just sees he dives, he's dived in and is in danger, and he dives in to save him. And it's kind of like they're wrestling in the water. I mean, it, it and it and it goes, and this uh, while this is happening, they flash back through. They both flash back through their entire lives while they're kind of um, struggling around in the water. Um, yeah. And and then yeah, and and this you, not. You, you don't then you, you then see them working together and then and then it turns out that the Russian guy has got to go back to to Russia because at the end of his contract um, and so Barack then gets a petition for all the all the other workers so he can stay and then it's then that doesn't go well but then the final scene where he, where they're saying goodbye where he takes the Barack's got this basket full of I get uh, of, of some kind of figs. Fig, uh, figs yeah and so he takes the the basket to um, Nikolai or Alexa, which one this is, and and hands it over, and their hands kind of um, touch, and and he sort of. It's not just that they touch; they sort of caress. Uh, it's like, yeah, one finger, very in uh, um, this very hidden, but hidden from other people, yeah. but obvious to us way. It's just like their pinkies intertwined. And then, uh, and and then he eats one of the figs in a, yeah. very slowly. <laughs> but, but I thought that the, the pinkies intertwining mm. is very relevant because actually it's exactly the same gesture in which the two young protagonists of the land mm. demonstrate their love. If you remember that scene where they're in the window and she says that she's praying for her father and he asked her, you're not also praying for me. Mm. And then like, you know, in this very modest way, yeah, because you don't want people to see, yeah, um, the pinkies intertwine. And that's exactly the same gesture that you see in yeah, this film. Yeah, You know, which I thought was like gobsmacking. It's, it's you know, amazing. And you can't, experience. you know, you, the, you can't interpret that story any other way. I, 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 don't, I, don't, no. I, I don't see what else that, that, is, that could possibly mean you know it's yeah exactly I mean, it shows the close bond between these two different communist um republics that's what it shows <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah as, a, as i i think when i messaged you last night well halfway through watching the film it's like yeah i can see why the, i can see why the film got 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 put on the shelf because they'd hired him to make a propaganda film and he turned up with this gay love story um and it's, well <laughs> but it's not just the it's not just the i know gay there's love a lot story. more to i mean it. You know, I mean, it's a real epic and it's really panoramic, mm. you know, so it tells stories from all classes and it tells stories from the Soviet Union and from Egypt. But what is remarkable from any film in this period, you know, and particularly an epic film like this, is the inclusion both of a feminist impulse, i.e., you know, where does this leave women? Mm. And actually also a queer discourse. The fact that in however a homophobic a culture, this love is taking place yeah, yeah. as love, right? Which is, I think, the most remarkable. I have never seen any, I don't think I've ever seen anything mm. like this, yeah. right? Uh, uh, you know, and so, so I think, you know, it's remarkable and it's really beautifully made because, you see, the thing about this film is that it allows for contradiction and for subtleties and, you know, for things that don't quite cohere, right? It's not like, you know, hammering your head in with an idea. It sometimes shows you that, you know, what there is is often complex mm. and contradictory and 
difficult and doesn't quite fit in. Yeah. And, you know. I mean, it's like because the, the other love story, which is um, about the, 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 so the, the daughter of the senior manager and this guy who starts off as a worker, then it turns out he was a, he was a journalist who had some depression and blah, blah. Um, and, and that sort of, that's, a compli- uh, that's kind of complicated. And then, like, you know, that you think they're getting together and then it's sort of, you know, they, 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 they don't. And, it, and it's just kind of, yeah, that's just the complications. It's just like sometimes things don't work out. And it, I, yeah. I found that really interesting. The, the other, what? sorry, go ahead. No, please go. I was going to talk about this, the whole sequence, um, the um, World War Two bits, and that flashback, and the flashback to the um, the, the the engineers' student days, because I found that very interesting. It really reminded me, and again, if I didn't know more about Shaheen, I, I, I would think this was a coincidence, but it really reminded me of uh, Life and Death of Colonel Blimp. Um, Mm-hmm. It, the the these the way it flashes back forty years or twenty years in this case, and he's got a mustache and he's limping. They're talking about fighting duels. They go to a ballet. It, it's very much like the Red Shoes. You know, it's very Pound and Pressburger that whole sequence. Um, and I, I just thought, it was, I mean, again, I really wasn't expecting that because you're expecting this contemporary film about the Aswan Dam, and suddenly you've got this really lengthy sequence uh, where it just suddenly flashes back to the Battle of Stalingrad. And it is this very, very elaborate sequence, and he meets his first love, and it, and, and, and it ends tragically. And, and it, it, it's, it, yeah, it, it's just a really, there's just so much going on in this film. You almost kind of wonder whether, because he, obviously some of his earlier films, he's been working with limited resources, and he's now been given this, this big budget, and it's like, right, well, okay, I can now do all this stuff. Well, mind you, again, you know, I was very interested, because the budget for the film, was 250,000 mm. Egyptian pounds. Now, you know, I don't know what an Egyptian pound was worth in relation to a British pound, mm. but I can't imagine it being more. No, no. <laughs> right? So, um, and you know, a 250,000 pound budget for a British film, you know, in 1967 would not have blown the bank. No, right. No. Yeah. So this was the most expensive film, the most, the biggest budget ever for a, an Egyptian film. And I think every penny is on screen. Yeah. I mean, you know, some of the sequences are just astonishing visually, right? These large movements of people, like say, it's so beautiful. Mm. Uh, uh, a lot of them. Um, but, um, you know, it's, 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 it's only, it's it's all relative. It's not that big a budget. So actually, what you see, like the scenes of the Bolshoi Ballet, is quite amazing. Yeah. yeah, that they got that on film, and then the way that it's deployed is even more amazing, because this is a very subtle film. Where again, as with Shaheen, always everything counts. So you know they're they're watching, uh, what is it, the Swan Lake, hey. right? And then when the wife returns, she decides not to go to Moscow after all, and she returns, and they're in the kitchen, and they nuzzle, and you have the music of Swan yeah. Lake cropping up again. And the, the other thing about that scene that I noticed re-watching it tonight is that the, the shirt he's wearing in that scene is the shirt that she gives him when they have the final meal in Russia before they leave. And ah. gives, she gives him the shirt in the box. Yeah, oh, it's, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and actually, it looks, it looks like he's not worn it until that point because of the way it's folded. But, yeah. <laughs> um, it's lovely. Um, I also want to point out one of the extraordinary things about this film. So we've talked about the feminist dimension. You know, we've talked that there's a queer dimension. And also, very much, there's a racial dimension. Mm. 
you know, because again, it 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 just goes to show how narrow and insular and imperial so many discussions of race are, right? It's all based on you know, kind of the, the U.S. setting an agenda that really describes its own situation, but does mm. not describe the whole world. Um, and, you know, here's a film, again, from 1968, you know, and, you know, there's, like, uh, the racial mixes of Shaheen's films, yeah. you know, that, are very um, remarkable. That's fascinating, isn't it? Because I think that, all, that whole aspect of the, uh, the, 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 the difference kind of, tribes or whatever within Egypt and the, and the different different dialects, different languages that are being spoken is really interesting because there's a, a and I'll, I'll remind me to come back to how they use language in the film, but the, one, one of the characters is, one of the Russian characters is an interpreter and so he's interpreting the Egyptians to the, 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 the like the director. Um, and when Barak comes in, who, who's you, speaking presumably very broad local dialect where he's from um the 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 interpreter can't understand him and so there's this whole thing about the interpreter saying i don't understand what he's saying and, and then the director has to ask another egyptian what what's being said because you you know if you're all i, I guess it's like a, you know clearly, clearly speaking the same language but with a very very strong dialect in, mm. in the way that you might have in in, in in any country um but yeah the way that the language is used is interesting because obviously the the and this adds another layer to it, given we're we're like watching it through the filter of French subtitles. <laughs> but the um, so the the Egyptian characters are speaking their language, the Russian characters are speaking Russian. Um, when you get a scene with the Russians speaking Russian to each other, it's it's narrated by it, it, there's, yeah, there's, a female there's voice, a vo female voice doing... which actually is, is quite common. It's quite a common technique in. In Russia, still to the present day, for like foreign language films, they'll they'll have a, a single voiceover rather than having subtitles, um, which is quite quite. Which, when you're looking for obscure films and find them on a Russian uh, video sharing site, you'll suddenly find there's some Russian guy going oh no 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 no. It's like quite annoying. Uh, but so so that so, so presumably the the Russian version of this film had the narration the other way around in that the Russian film scenes wouldn't have narration and the Egyptian scenes would would, would be narrated. Um, but then at some points, the when the senior Russian and Egyptian guys talk to each other, they speak English. Um, and because yes. uh, presumably that 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 is the 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 the, the, the common language. But but yeah, it's an int it's yeah. I, I I found that really interesting. And again, it was sort of you know. Having worked on these international projects, where the where the, where the you know the, there's a working they, they someone says this is the working language, this is the language you got to use, and and, and uh, yeah, yeah, um, I I am just gobsmacked by um, the um, the narrative prowess. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a very complicated story. Uh, but that is, is rendered very legible, very understandable. Uh, it's it's both sweeping and, you know, an individual. Uh, it's got an analysis, but is moving. Uh, it's incredibly beautiful to look at, and it's really imaginatively 
cut. Yeah, like some of the cutting it's is a, just It's dazzling. just amazing. I mean, the, 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 this, he, he does about you know, multiple times to do these amazing cuts. So the, the I mean, I've talked about two of them, and another one I noticed watching it again was when the, 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 uh, the engineer and his, his wife, who's also the engineer, are having this sort of farewell meal in, 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 in Moscow where he's um, saying, oh, it's going to be great, we're going to go to Egypt, we can do all this stuff, and having this really nice meal in this really nice venue, and then it cuts, and she's just sitting there on a deck chair in Egypt with a bunch of other bored wives of engineers uh, knitting and just nice. looking really pissed off. And, and it, it's all, all these kind of things going in and out of the flashbacks. And I think the fact that it's so... You know that we're watching it um, without English subtitles, um, with some knowledge of French, so you can work out what's going on. But it's a film with a very, very complicated structure. But e even even without having English subtitles available, it's very clear what's going on visually. Mm. It's, it's very well done. The other the other thing mm. I was going to mention is a scene that I absolutely loved, and again, it's quite contemporary. Is and it, and this is one of the scenes where which apparently got caused problems with the Egyptian um, government was the scene where the, uh, the, the the Soviet engineer goes to visit the Egyptian engineer at home. And ah, he's, yes. it's hilarious. And it's because it's, I was thinking, this is like this is like someone who's working at home with their family trying to do a work Zoom call. Because he, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's sitting in his flat and there's like about 20 family members sitting in the flat all jabbering away. And then he sees the, the Russian colleague coming to see him in his flat for the first time. So he makes everyone else like hide in the kitchen. <laughs> so there's like 20 people hiding in the kitchen, like his mother and his aunt and the little kids. And Except so, for the little boy the little, who keeps Yeah, and out. so then the, the work guy comes in and they're sitting there having a chat. And then, yeah, the little boy keeps coming in and out. There's this great bit where the little boy just runs out and finds a rabbit Brings from somewhere rabbit. and puts the <laughs> rabbit on the table and he, the Egyptian guy sort of chucks the rabbit off. And it's just like, you know, these kind of work Zoom calls where a kid runs in or someone's cat runs in or the kid runs in with the cat. And, and it's just felt, you know, you can, in terms of that kind of work-life balance thing, you can really understand it. But the thing, what, what was objected to by the Egyptian government, and again, I really like this aspect of it, is that, and again, this is the Zoom call thing, that the... Um, so the Egyptian guy in his um, in his flat is wearing, I, I don't know what the term is for the clothes he's wearing, he's wearing kind of robe and yeah. uh, like traditional Egyptian dress. And he's standing at the window and so the Russian guy only sees it from the waist up. So it looks like he's wearing a shirt. Most like you know, when you're on a, on a work video call, who knows, what, yeah, you, who knows what's on mm. going on in the bottom half. And he then is like rushing to get into trousers <laughs> before the... Russian guy arrives arrives in the house, and the it, it's a really sweet scene. It's really funny, but the the Egyptian government apparently explicitly objected to that scene, according to Shaheen, because it made yes. it made the it made the Egyptian look backward, and it yes. it sort of but but actually to me it was like no he's just like he's just relaxing he's comfortable at home with his family, and then yes. suddenly he feels he's got to put this front on for the uh, for the Russian for the guests. and then and then he gets. He, he offers the Russian tea and the Russian, they, they're drinking the tea and the, the Russian says, oh, this is the best coffee I've ever had. It's like, yeah. no, it's tea. And it's just like, uh, I, I, I love that uh, sequence. But that, that, and that's one of the things about the film. It sounds like it's going to be quite sort of dour. dour. But actually, there, it's, there's some really good jokes in it, um, yeah. e even if you're having to it's interpret funny. Yeah. It's funny, it's emotional, and it's very poetic. Mm. I mean, you know, some of the voiceover, uh, you know, like uh, in the Leningrad scene, 
where it begins something like, you know, he he finally learned about love and death. I forget what, I forget the way it's yeah. put, but it's it's really poetic, yeah, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and so, and not only is the voiceover and the dialogue poetic, he's not Shaheen isn't afraid of being poetic, mm. um, but but it's poetic visually. So I was, uh, you know. I was really impressed with the scene with Nikolai where the wife has left and he returns home and the camera is on the ground, mm. right? Mm. You know, and you're thinking, why is the camera on the ground? And then you see that foregrounded is her slippers yeah, you know, with little bows on it, yeah. right? And it's almost, he opens the door and he realizes his loss, yeah, you know, what's missing. And what's missing is her. Yeah. And that's really just symbolized by drawing your attention you know, to those flat ballet shoes with the with the bows. It's on. ballet again, and actually, it's very significant. <laughs> yes, you know, the shape of the shoe. It could have been any type of shoe. Yeah. No, but he makes a point of kind of, you know, bring your mind back to the yeah, ballet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, so this is an unexpected bonus. Ab absolutely, yeah. And, and in terms of release dates, we're kind of seeing this almost in in, in the right order because the uh, the the fake version of this film was released. Just after the land, um, yeah. I, I, I can't I, I can't find any evidence of the 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 other version of this being available anywhere. Uh, it would be it would yes. be interesting to see a comparison because because particularly because it's not. I, I I initially when I was watching this last night, I was thinking, oh well, maybe maybe it was re-edited just to be a more linear film, and and but no, but no, no. It, it was a completely different film. Um, yeah. So and still directed by Shaheen, although he kind of rejected it. Um, yeah. So. Though I'd like to, I'd like to see it. And you know, one of the thing, one of the nice things about doing these films chronologically, and obviously in a way taking our time to do so, mm. um, is you know that you discover other films and other you know information, uh, and you know we'll be bringing you as much as we can. Uh, so, for example, one of the things that I did was I bought this French box set. Mm -hmm. Um, that so I discovered a musical that we will be talking about. Oh, fantastic! Though. Yes, it's yeah, yeah, that'll be, that'll be good because now, now that I've now, now, now that I've um, refreshed my knowledge of French for this film, I, it, I, I will clearly be able to cope with that. <laughs> you will, yeah. And actually, it's very fascinating because you know that that very sexual woman from Cairo mm. Station is one of the protagonists. Oh, right? right. Okay. And the thing about this box set is that it has the most extraordinary presentations by this French scholar whose name I can't recall, but who's a young scholar, a woman who does what I have never before seen in any extras to any film or any film compilation, which is that in every introduction to the film, she sings. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So she either sings an extract of a song or, yeah, or a bit of the music. Oh, fantastic. Or like, you know, yeah, I didn't realize, that, I, mean, I knew the music was important in these films, but I didn't realize oh, the was, extent of the sorry, importance. Sorry, I'm now thinking, because that's rung a bell. Was she there? Did she introduce the land when we saw it in Bologna? I think she Cause did. Because I, I, I'm now remembering that, 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 that she, she, she sang. sang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh, we need to get so, her on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am definitely going to put a few extracts yeah. of these in the podcast. So, so, so a wonderful discovery. So the bad thing was that this box set, which was very expensive. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we, we should get sponsors for this podcast so we can afford all these expensive Shaheen things. <laughs> 
But I suppose for our audience, what I'm saying is that all of the films in this very expensive box set are available on Netflix, except for one, mm. two. Sorry. So it's the Sparrow yeah, the, and and this and, the, and the musical. And I, I'm sorry, I forget the name of the musical. Yeah. It's uh, uh, but this '50s musical. Um, so so you know the good thing is that you can see all of these films for free on Netflix. Mm. The good thing for me and what made it worth the price was, you know, this this musical, but also the introductions and they have what they call a presentation, you know, and then a reportage. So they give you an introduction to the film and then they give you an account, a 15 minute account of why it's significant mm. or why they ch why they chose it for the box set. And one of the very interesting things is that ostensibly this woman in Cairo Station, who is also one of the protagonists of the musical, was like the Marilyn Monroe mm. of Egyptian cinema in the period. Right. And you can absolutely see it. Actually, I thought it was more Rita Hayworth because <laughs> of the hair mm. and what she does with it and the fact that she dances, right? Um, but, you know, kind of it's full of, of really, really interesting information. Each of, you know, w with these... Uh, scholars uh, on Shaheen, these French scholars on Shaheen. So I am going to go back once, if I once, not if once, I find some time, and layer on these mm. bits into uh, the blog post yeah. that accompany uh, our podcast. So, so if you haven't seen them yet, you know, go back the, and have a look. The other thing I've, I found out today, and it's on, it's on the the, the link. Um, the, the the blog where Shaheen talks about the film tonight that was a reference to the fact that uh, in the Bologna season there were supposed to be seven Shaheen films and they only showed six and the reason was they were supposed to show Jamila uh, but but there were problems with the print the print wasn't in, wasn't in good mm. enough condition so uh, so we we've reviewed a film that wasn't even shown in Bologna so there you go yes uh, and we will do much more that wasn't shown in indeed. Bologna so. Keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. We are the Yusef Shaheen podcast. Uh, I'm Jose. I, I, I'm Richard. And at some point we will reach the end of this journey. But people keep, the, you know, and I, I would like to say I was a big thank you to the Cinematheque Francaise for making this film available and for oh, yes. the, uh, uh, the, 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 the tweet I saw was actually from guy who did the I, as far as I can gather from his tweets he actually was the person who took the the print and digitized it so um thank you for him oh, for tweeting he done it um and thank you to him for doing it because it, it it's a, yes. a great thing well i'm going to try and edit this and put it out as quickly as possible before the 15th of july yeah. where the film disappears from Henri, uh and maybe when you retweet the uh podcast you can mm. Uh, tag yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the person who digitized yeah. it. That would be nice. Great. Uh, yeah, so thank you very much to the Cinematheque Francaise and thank you very much, Richard, for finding it. It's been yeah. a real find. It's a really, it's a, it's a it's masterpiece. Amazing. It's, I'm, just, I'm just so so glad it's turned up and so glad we saw it. So yeah, it's great. Yeah. And you should all, you basically, you have seven days to learn French. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have a school. higher opinion of British people than you. I'm sure I'll write a lot, lots of already know French. You know, plus there's all my friends in Canada who yeah. already I mean, know the thing, French. Yeah, the so. thing is, you won't get everything, but you'll work. You'll work out what's going on. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, it, it, it's visually uh, so stunning that it transcends yeah. language. <laughs> yeah.
Um, so, so once again, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, see the film. We know you'll enjoy it. Good night. Goodbye. <laughs>